time enough at last. Submitted for your consideration to sci-fi fans, Sean Majors and Keith Conrad. Rewatch The Twilight Zone from beginning to end. It's like something out of that Twilighty show about that zone. Witness Mr. Walter Bettiger, age 44. Afraid of the following. Death, disease, other people, germs, draft, and everything else. He has one interest in life, and that's Walter Bettiger. One preoccupation, the life and well-being of Walter Bettiger. One abiding concern about society, that if Walter Bettiger should die, how will it survive without him? Episode 6 of The Twilight Zone is Escape Clause. And uh, I, clearly, it's a it's a prequel to uh, the Santa Claus, right, Sean? Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> you know, I every time somebody brings that up, I remember my father watching the Santa Claus two over Christmas, mm-hmm. and like halfway through it, when Tim Allen has been Santa Claus for about forty five minutes, he's like at the doctor or something like that, and he's got a gut and he's got a beard. My dad turns to me and he goes, "Watch it, he's going to turn into Santa Claus." <laughs> 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 well, you know, maybe you hadn't seen it before. No <laughs> um, maybe, uh, yeah, or, or maybe he was just telling a dad joke. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Either one. So uh, we, were talking, we were talking last week about how, uh, you know, in in uh, in the Twilight Zone, there, there's, there's generally uh, a, a dynamic where uh, good people get their um, get their just rewards. And bad people get their just rewards. Bad people and annoying hypochondriacs. A- exactly. And, <laughs> uh, I, I don't think that there could possibly be a, a more annoying person than uh, than Walter Bedecker, the the main character in the Escape Clause. And and just think about just wrap your head around this for a minute. Picture Walter Bedecker living through the COVID crisis. <laughs> uh, it would not be good. It would not be good. No, and uh, and he has a, he has a wife in this uh, in this episode named uh, named Ethel, and uh, which, which brings up you know to me why aren't people named Ethel anymore? You know, this is such a fifties like just chock full of fifties names: Bedeker, Ethel, Cadwallader. Walter, it's incredible. Walter, for that matter. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and also, like as you know, he, he's he's very mean to the. So a doctor is visiting him. You know that that's when we uh, when we first see him, and uh, basically the doctor says that he's fine, and, and he's he's talking down to everybody. Uh, Bedeker is insists and, that he's sick. He he insists that he's sick, and um, it, it just makes you wonder what what do you suppose dating Walter Bedeker was like? You know, was, <laughs> was he like this back then or did it happen gradually? I and, think and this I, is, I, I find this, I, I actually find myself asking this question with a lot of um, uh, Twilight Zone episodes where, you know, like we're just catching them like right in the middle of something and you're like, wow, how did these two end up together? Cause they really <laughs> kind of, it kind of seemed to hate each other or th- this guy's just, just awful. And, and why are you with him? But I think the fifties were the time. I think the um, seeing characters like this who are married um, a makes me look at myself and what I'm doing wrong, uh, and B is a it makes me think of it's just a direct indictment of like how limited women's choices were in the fifties and sixties. 
Yeah, I, well, that's true. Yeah. This guy hasn't murdered me. I guess I'll pledge my life to him. Yeah, I I, I guess we'll, we'll just assume that that was probably the case where, um, <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't like Ethel was going out searching for eligible men. She was waiting for them to to, to come to her because that was that was uh, to borrow an Abe Simpson line, the style at the time. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, you're right. It probably was just a, a total lack of options. And uh, that does not, unfortunately, end very well for her. No, it does not. Um, and uh, so, you know, uh, Cadwallader, he, not Cadwallader, uh, Bedeker, um, when, well, well, we'll get to that scene, but when he does threaten to jump off a building, um, it includes potentially one of my favorite lines from this entire series when he calls his wife a potato pancake. Yes, that that is one that, that jumps out at me every time too. She says, "She says, don't jump off the the the, the roof, uh, Walter. I'll, I'll make you a potato pancake." And he's like, "You, Ethel, are a potato pancake." <laughs> and and, it, and it's funny that uh, you know that she thought that was gonna that was gonna fix everything. <laughs> well, come on, come on. You, you have so much to live for. I'll make you a potato pancake. It'll be great. Who doesn't like a good latke? Exactly. Um, so, you know, for, first of all, there, there's there's a lot to unpack just just in the in the first few scenes because he's and, and again, you know, let let's let's state at the beginning, they've got 22 minutes to tell tell the whole story, so it's not like uh, it's not like they can get uh, really in depth. But uh, yeah, this is actually a very meaty story. You know, we talked a, a couple weeks ago about like sometimes they have. 22 minutes to tell a full like three act play. Sometimes they like stretch a three minute story into 22 minutes. I think this is one of the ones where they just cram in everything they can. Yeah. And uh, the, one of the things that jumps out at me is, okay, so this is the guy who's, who's clearly paranoid about everything, you know, cause everything he always, he always thinks that he's sick. He thinks he's going to die. But then this, 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 this jolly fat man who definitely <laughs> isn't Santa Claus uh, goes up and just shows up in the room and he, he just seems okay with it uh, almost immediately. Yeah, sure. This makes sense. This checks yeah, out. Yeah. And, and then, you know, first of all, I, I, I have to tell you if I'm uh, so it's one thing if, if you're like, I, I, I assume that Walter Bedecker is not a particularly religious man. No, but if the devil shows up <laughs> and, and he's actually the devil, that's going to make me rethink things. And at no point in any story has the devil actually just helped you out. Yeah. If the devil shows up, then I would assume God exists. And if God exists, I'm just going to like stop being an annoying. I'm going to be really nice to my wife. I'm not going to call her a potato pancake. And I'm definitely not going to sign a contract with the devil. Because now you know the devil actually exists because you've literally met him. <laughs> and his name is Cadwallader. <laughs> exactly. I, I yeah, that that's uh, I, I'm I'm gonna if I ever need an alias for something I'm gonna. Be, I'm gonna I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good like. Uh, you know, imagine being like, um, you know, like a twelve year old Twilight Zone junkie right when like right. you know uh, AOL Instant Messenger comes out. That's a good first screen name. It is, but but somebody would already have it, so you'd be Cadwallader One. <laughs> <laughs> 
I do like how when when um, Bedeker signs the contract and and the devil stamps it, mm-hmm. like the the contract sticks to the stamp. Yeah. <laughs> it's something that they just went with. Like there, that was the take they used. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think of the uh, uh, when uh, Mr. Burns on The Simpsons was making the movie about himself, and the <laughs> horses dragging him, and it flashes him, and he goes. We did 22 takes, and that was the best one. <laughs> what was the – oh, my God. I, You know, we talked before about how you and I are very good at knowing when to end a tangent, but help me out with something I'm trying to remember from The Simpsons. The first, the first and probably hardest I've ever laughed – is there some story? It might be that episode when Mr. Burns, he has like it's, – it's like a Citizen Kane Rosebud type story, and he has like a teddy bear or something? Oh yeah, uh, I believe the teddy bear is Bobo. Bobo, that's it. I don't. I. I. I need to go back and find that episode, but I. I don't remember what I laughed at, but it was. I think just the name Bobo that I laughed the hardest at. Uh, yeah, that. That's actually a, uh, a. A different. No, Bobo is a Muppet. Now, see, now we're we're gonna have to go. We're gonna have to go really down the. Uh, the <laughs> yeah. Figure out who this is. Oh no, no, okay. Mr. Burns' teddy bear is Bobo. Okay, there we go. <laughs> you know, that, but that is a different episode. Uh, that, that's actually when uh, I, I think when when Bart ends up becoming uh, Mr. Burns' heir briefly. Yes, yes, that's what it is. God, I need to watch that later today. A different episode, but uh, also in, involving somebody who has a personal relationship with the devil. So it's it's not. You didn't take us down too far of a tangent. And we're back. Look at that segue back into the mail. God, you're <laughs> you're almost too good at this, Keith. Uh, you know, the, so, so obviously, you know, one thing that, that makes me laugh is how, uh, how quickly he adapts to uh, the devil. A, a man snuck <laughs> into my room. And B, this man also is apparently the devil. Now, now it's one thing if you're fooled. You know, like he comes in and he actually claims to be like Jesus and says, hey, I'll give you this. All you have to do is sign uh, your your immortal soul to me. And so you're kind of fooled into doing it. But literally, the devil asks you for your soul. Historically bad. Yeah, that, that, that's that guy. It's not going to go well. You know, like like even, even if he says, you know, you have eternity at the end of that. Eventually, yeah. anybody who watched uh, The Good Place. <laughs> uh, you know, it sort of ends because everybody gets bored with eternity, and so they have to come with sort of ending for everything. They, they they were in in you know basically heaven, and they got bored with it. So- I feel like. I feel like I would get into like a philosophical argument with the devil before. <laughs> I think I would annoy the devil into leaving. But like, man, isn't like time a human concept though? Can you just sign the contract, please, Sean? <laughs> no, 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 no. Answer my question first. <laughs> yeah, if I ever did run into the devil in uh, in some situation like this, I think I would try to do the same thing. Like, I'd be like, "Oh, you you think you're gonna think you're gonna fool me, huh?" Especially with your your history in in uh, the the uh, th- this first uh, five or six episodes of uh, pointing out the most practical things of uh, of what's happened in the Twilight Zone thus far. <laughs> exactly, like that that would probably annoy them. Uh, annoy them, you know. <laughs> the devil, like where they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> the devil passes Jesus on the way out and is like, <laughs> nah, you can have him, man. It's cool. Uh, 
Yeah. So, uh, so he, he, for, for some reason a- agrees to sell his soul to the, uh, uh, to the devil. And then the, the thing that amazes me after that is like, I, I realize he's a scumbag. Yeah. Um, you know, he, cl- we see him interact with, with, uh, I think a total of four human beings. And he's awful to everyone. He's of them. just a jerk. To, he's a real soda jerk to all of them. He is. Yes. Uh, which, which, again, you know, calling back to the last episode is just such a great word. Um, so, so he's a he's he's just a jerk to to everybody he he comes across. In 22 minutes, we see him interact with four people. He's just horrible. But it amazes me, knowing that he has like eternity. Just how quickly he gets bored with being indestructible. He how how quickly if I if I had eternity, I don't know that I would fall into insurance fraud as quickly as he does. Yeah, that that's another thing. Like that's how he decides he's going to use eternity. <laughs> I'm just going to commit as much insurance fraud as I possibly can. Not to fight crime, not to you know save people from burning buildings, but to get a thousand dollars for getting run over by a train. Yeah, and I realize it's the fifties, so a thousand dollars goes you know further than it does now. Even now, jeez. <laughs> what I enjoyed was thousand dollars for a train, fifteen hundred for a bus. Yeah, how does that work? <laughs> I would imagine the bus would be cheaper, but you know what? I'm not going to try either one of them. Yeah, that, that's what I would think too. Like, there's a lot more involved with running the train, <laughs> and 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 I, and actually, I, I, actually, you know, I could see that. I, I'll, I'll take that back because, like, they're probably assuming you know, jumping in front of a train onto the tracks is is a bad thing to do. Sure. Whereas I think there's there's more possible accidents associated with getting hit by a bus that makes sense their premiums are probably higher yeah yes again <laughs> I, I my mind immediately goes well how does this work let's get deep into this <laughs> insurance policy let's, here let's get an insurance expert on on the show yeah. <laughs> hey, how would how would that work like if, if i got if i got run over by a train and, and didn't actually get injured would they actually give me money this entire podcast has just been a, a cover so that we can perpetrate insurance fraud. Yes. Yeah. I, it, yeah. So now people are going to be suspicious of us. Ah, oh, man. We better never get hit by a bus. <laughs> Narrator. The next week, they both were. <laughs> Ron Howard. And, and the bus was, both buses were being driven by Ron Howard. <laughs> Little Ronnie Howard. Oh my God! So, so Bedeker gets. Uh, he decides to use his his eternal life to perpetrate insurance fraud. Gets bored. Chugs ammonia. Yes. To to try and kill. <sighs> which, which, by the way, I, again, taking us down the 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 road of practicality. Who who has ammonia just laying around in the? <laughs> I, I like I, I know may, maybe I just lived a sheltered life and and I, and I and I don't but that that struck me as odd maybe that was a fifties thing I guess so like I also I don't understand why him trying to experience entertainment or uh, be you know feel feelings is to feel pain that's true well he he clearly doesn't love his wife because he's not like hey Ethel. Aaron, give me a give me a smooch. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to touch a radiator instead. <laughs> you know, you know let, let's give him let's give him some credit on that one because that was obviously something he had never been able to do before. Like, like nobody's just walking up and grabbing a radiator like that. It's very well, true. It's very true. And that that's what was in front of him, and he's probably like, "Oh, I've never been able to do this before." He just grabs a radiator. So, so you know, I'm I'm willing to give him a pass on that one. <laughs> Oh, my God. But then, you know, we're, we're talking about the relationship between uh, Walter and Ethel. And, um, you know, his his way to make things a little bit more exciting is just, uh, well, he doesn't actually push her off the roof. She just kind of falls off the roof. Yeah, I think she tries to save him. She, and she then First, the potato pancake proposal does not <laughs> do the trick. Uh, and by the way, I think I'm going to start just randomly calling people a potato pancake. <laughs> you, my friend, are a potato pancake. Yes. So, so that that idea doesn't work. So, uh, you know, she tries to uh, tries to I think grab onto him to to keep him from from jumping, and and she ends up falling off the roof. And you know, she do- he doesn't actually kill her. That's that's the no. Like she falls off the roof uh, on her own, but he decides that he's going to take credit for it as a murder. Which, Why not? Yeah, which is not something you see very often. Because rather than just electrocute himself, after of course mourning the love of his life, uh, he decides he wants to be forced into an electric chair. Which again, practical, <laughs> practical Keith. Okay, now I realize that. Uh, uh, the, the legal system has, has changed somewhat in the past, you know, past, you know, what is it, uh, 60, 70 years since the Twilight Zone aired. Good Lord. Um, it could take you 60 to 70 years to actually get executed because for, for the death penalty, because we decided we'd rather we just assume not kill people. If Keith, in the Twilight Zone, there is no appeals process. Right, right. I was about to say, you automatically appeal when you get the death penalty. You're going, you're going to always, you know, you're going to have at least several years of appeals. Like, McVeigh, we, we did it, and it still took took like six or seven years. To the Court of Appeals in the Twilight Zone is just one of those, like, uh, bird toys that you fill with water that, like, goes back and forth. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> denied. Denied. Clearly, so, clearly, Bedeker, in addition to being a soda jerk, is just <laughs> it's just not thinking these things clearly. Oh my god! Clearly, not thinking these uh, things clearly because uh, meets with his defense attorney. The defense attorney is perplexed um, <clears throat> because he. You know, he he basically says, "No, I did it. No, let's let's get this done with." Um, and then the defense attorney uh, tries tries all he can to avoid the death penalty for his client, um, and go him, and he's successful. So that's that's the big twist, right, of this episode is that you know uh, Bedeker wanted the death penalty to experience the electric chair, and he uh, did not get what he wanted. Because his attorney was successful in, in playing down to life in prison, it's kind of like a masked anti-death penalty message. Because the horror on Walter Bedeker's face when he has to face life, which is eternity in prison, is worse than just dying. Well, even as uh, 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 one of the uh, one of the guards is kind of kind of you know poking and prodding him, and he says, "You know what is it? Another fifty years? You can do that standing on your head." Yeah, forget it. Uh, 
uh, eternity. 50 years would be bad enough. <laughs> God. Um, you know, at, at about that time, he's probably thinking, man, I wish I hadn't uh, randomly taken credit for my wife <laughs> off the roof. Seems like I could have just licked a battery yeah, and experienced. <laughs> By the way, uh, uh, just to throw in a little bit of uh, superfluous trivia here. Uh, Please. Walter Bedeker's lawyer, uh, when he was on trial for, for murdering his wife, uh, was played by an actor named Wendell Holmes. Uh-huh. And he's interesting because whenever I, uh, whenever I, I, I had, had experienced the two pop culture things and, and saw the episode, I immediately recognized his voice. Yeah. Wendell Holmes was a frequent actor in the NBC radio drama X minus one. Okay. Which Serling said was actually one of his inspirations for the Twilight Zone because it's literally, oh, wow. it's literally like a, a radio drama version of the Twilight Zone, except it, it came out, I think, like three or four years before the Twilight Zone. Oh, I need and, to check that out. And that was one of those things where uh, uh, Serling said that was that was one of his inspirations for the Twilight Zone. That's really cool. And this kind of goes back to what we were talking about a, a couple of weeks ago, where like Rod Serling, especially in these early episodes, just like got his friends and like inspirations to 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 fill the cast. Yeah, he's probably like, well, I don't know how long this uh, show is going to last. So why don't I just uh, <laughs> see what I can get away with? Oh, gosh. Um, so the, the, the twist happens, right? Which means the devil's got to show up and see if... Bedeker wants to use the escape clause. Right. Yeah, because because now he's facing an a uh, facing an eternity in in prison. Literally, um, you know the the universe will die of uh, of you know heat death, and uh, and he'll still be sitting there in that cell because he's he's there for eternity. Uh, but the uh, the devil says, you know, it's funny. You look like a man having a heart attack. Yeah. And then he, he heals over. Which, which, by the way, uh, you know, nowadays that wouldn't be fatal. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, you know, it's 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 sort of like when uh, they, they were getting all this stuff wrong about space in the in the more sci-fi. Oh <laughs> well, no, that wouldn't be the case. You know, we we talked uh, most of this episode about Bedeker just not being a very practical person. Yes, it would be boring, but eventually something's going to happen. The, the human race is going to die out. The, the bars are going to rust and degrade, and then you can get out. That's true. And that would only take a few thousand years. I mean, you can, exactly. As the guard said, you can do that standing on your head. You can do that standing on your head. (laughs) Um, It's actually, you know, it's not the, although I, I will actually say that, uh, you know, Sterling has a, has a few episodes with people living forever. Yeah. And uh, none of them tend to end well. No. Um, and this, you know, we we have, I think the next two weeks kind of uh, explores that feeling a little bit more where it's just isolation and the thought of living forever being scarier than living a good life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's easier to to not uh, not be a, a soda jerk <laughs> and that's what that's what gets me about the um <clears throat> like the closing uh that that serling has is he says there's a saying every man is put on earth condemned to die time and method of execution unknown that just saying that gives me chills 
It does. And also, I've, I, I think of this every time I hear that. I have never heard anybody say that saying. So I, it, like, it, I've never actually done it. And maybe now would be a good time to, uh, to do it. Uh, actually Google it and see if that saying actually exists. <laughs> no time like the present. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, okay. So I, I think we, we've, 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 we've both established that um, we would outsmart the devil in this situation. Of course. Bore him to death. Uh, but assuming that uh, uh, we actually did go through it and, and we, we achieved immortality, um, the first thing he does is grab a radiator. Uh, what's the first thing you would do if, if you realize that is a good question? Um, hmm. I, I, I would not even begin to. I would probably have to sit down and create like a 50 year plan. Yeah, yeah, probably. I know exactly what I would do, though. I would, I would go make a potato pancake. <laughs> I would, I would take Ethel out to a nice potato pancake dinner. There's a saying: every man is put on earth, condemned to die. Time and method of execution unknown. Perhaps this is as it should be. Case in point: Walter Bedecker, lately deceased, a little man with such a yen to live. Beaten by the devil, by his own boredom, and by the scheme of things in this, the Twilight Zone. Gabatron 